One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This episode of Another Happy Pod is going to contain spoilers. If you have not experienced the content yourself, then please go ahead and do so before coming back and listening to us ramble on about it. Thank you very much. Another Happy Pod. Welcome back to another episode of Another Happy Pod. Uh, today I am again joined by Nathan. Wagwan, I got covid Yep, Nathan is very ill this week. Uh, he's begged me to do the intro, uh, so I decided to just throw him under the bus and immediately request for him <laughs> to talk. Um, yeah, a bit of a bit of a mess up on my part. Uh, today we're going to be talking about the Doctor Who season three finale, uh, which is the. It's actually not a three episode, according to Russell T Davies, who was the showrunner. It's, it's not. I wouldn't. I wouldn't class it as a three parter either. Really? I would class it as yeah. I, I would say it's a standalone episode, which the last five minutes lead into the next two parter. Okay, all right, that's that's fair enough. But those uh, those episodes are Utopia, The Sound of Drums, and The Last of the Time Lords. Uh, they were the story that actually brought back the Master uh, for the new run of Doctor Who. Uh, I think they came out in two thousand and seven. Is that about right? I, I yeah, as far as I remember, that sounds about yeah. right. Yeah. Okay, so. Basically, I'm going to jump straight in and ask you, because we, we've kind of got wavering opinions on this. Um, where yeah. do you stand with Doctor Who in general? Not just like this era, but in, in general since the revival in 2005. Uh, in general, I, I love Doctor Who, man. I've got like, a, I really do have a soft spot in my heart for that show. So uh, when Doctor Who first came back in 2005, I didn't watch it at first. It wasn't until uh, the second series with David Tennant um that i started watching it i remember specifically i was at my dad's house at the time having a bath and then he said (laughs) (laughs) yeah i know and then he called to me and said nathan the new doctor who's on do you want to watch it i've never watched doctor who at this point i had no idea what it is i'm like what what the hell is doctor who dad yeah i was like i mean all right sure why not we move let's let's give it a watch um so i watched it it was the weird episode um where they go to new earth and there's cat people and everyone's got uh coronavirus oh, that, was, that was the first like proper david Tennant story that wasn't the, the christmas, christmas special right? yeah yeah the very first uh episode of 
season two, New New Earth, or whatever it's called. Um, yeah, and it's probably terrible if I go back and watch it today, but back then I, I loved it. It was great. <laughs> uh, so I carried on watching the rest of series two week to week, and then after that I got the DVDs because um, this was before Netflix or anything like that was a thing. And then I watched all of uh, series one with Christopher Eccleston. And yeah, from there, I just pretty much fell in love with it. Even to today, I think I still love it uh, just as much. I always get really excited to watch Doctor Who. Um, I'm not going to lie, the last season probably wasn't the the best for me. There's some great moments overall um, with Jodie and Sasha Dewan as the master, which he's just amazing. Um, the writing was a little bit weird, but, you know, it's it's still great. I still enjoy it and everything like that. Um, but yeah, overall, I really, really like the show. Been definitely been a big part of my life. Yeah, I'd say I'd say it's been a pretty decent chunk of mine as well. Like, I my first introduction was Doctor, to Doctor Who was again like yourself. I was younger. Uh, I had no idea what it was because obviously the last time it was on was what decades and decades ago. Um, I, I think it was sixteen years um, between the sh- between the the um the cancellation and the revival okay so not decades and decades but a a decade Uh, i wasn't alive put it that way um so yeah my introduction uh, i was at my nan's house and i went in and my cousins were watching it and this was actually uh the parting of the ways episode right at the end um all right yeah uh, which is the uh which is the finale to season one and the regeneration episode from christopher eccleston to david tennant and i went in and the first thing i saw and quite literally the first introduction I had to Doctor Who was a man's head blowing up and another man's head <laughs> being like just kind of there now instead. Um, yeah. And obviously in that episode, there's no explanation to it. So I've, I've just gone, oh, this is a people's heads are blowing up in this show. <laughs> this is, this is not, this is not for me. Um, but obviously I gave it more of a chance, um, watched it just because I think my cousins were then going on to watch the next one. Um, and yeah, just again, fell in love with it. Started with David Tennant series, went back to watch Christopher Eccleston's, um, and I've kind of thoroughly enjoyed it ever since. But the reason I loved Doctor Who when it started was the kind of the cheesiness to it, like the the over the top cheesiness. And then I feel like Matt's towards the end of Matt Smith's era, it got a little confusing in the plot elements and had a lot of you know that the whole your life matters. Every companion's life was the most like important thing like the doctor always had to be the most important thing it wasn't just the time lord and the companion anymore it had to be every single life that was surrounding the doctors meant something and i I, for me it got a little bit old um but then yeah since since um since chris chibnall took over uh, i really enjoyed the first season he did the second season he did i thought was pretty crap um but yeah, no, that, that's just kind of where I stand with it. But this, this episode, the episodes that we're reviewing today are in prime who for me. This was when I was really like loving the show. So watching these episodes back, I've had a very good time personally. But I don't know, how's it, how's it been for you? Because you prefer the latter half of Doctor Who, don't you? Yeah, I really do. So like sort of like uh, season five to, to ten, uh, like the... To me, that's the glory years of Doctor Who, really. Matt Smith and Peter Capaldi's eras. Um, 
Matt Smith is my favourite Doctor. I, after that, I would say it's Peter Capaldi. Both of them do an amazing job. And yeah, I just there was something about the storytelling and the writing in in those seasons which I really connected with much more than the earlier ones. It's interesting that you talk about like the cheesiness of of Doctor Who and everything like that because I think you're absolutely right. I, I think it did definitely lose um the the cheesiness aspect the aspect to it it definitely got a bigger budget and it certainly took itself more seriously for me that worked out for the better i mean as a kid yeah i absolutely loved the cheesiness factor and everything like that but going back and then watching it now as a 26 year old man it's i i don't think i would have liked this show if i started watching it from today Oh, I, I completely agree. But that's that's the thing. My love for especially the later seasons of Doctor Who, uh, sorry, the earlier seasons of Doctor Who, uh, they're built on nostalgia. I I enjoy them because I loved watching them as a kid. Like I just remember, like, and I, to be fair, I wasn't even that young. You know, the, I, it's just thinking back to those moments of when I first experienced them, when the the Master came back, and then we got more of like the Time Lords, and then we had like all of the plot elements that I feel Russell T Davies was so good at doing, despite the fact that they were blatantly obvious twists and all of this, I feel Russell T Davies was just a brilliant showrunner for that era of Doctor Who. And it, his style perfectly paired itself with what the show was supposed to be at that time. But let's move on to Utopia. What are your thoughts as a whole of this episode? <laughs> um, it's, it, it's a weird one. It's definitely, um, one of the more cheesier ones like we were saying um and definitely one as well where they clearly try to save some money on the budget um <laughs> i know yeah. i know that like obviously doc, like i said doctor who's got a small, much bigger budget now than it did back here back um back then uh, and that's that's just clear but like this was just running around like a quarry in wales for like 30 minutes or so yeah. <laughs> it was this one of the points i made on this episode was that the budget shows so much there's a point where um the the doctor towards the kind of latter half of the episode the doctor's meant to be fixing some kind of big technical thing <laughs> um and the 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 cables he's just plugging in are just jacks they're just audio jacks and exactly <laughs> what you're talking about and it does it again uh, uh Derek jacoby as well there's a moment he's just like working on the machinery when he when he becomes the master but he's literally just flicking switches over and over again that's literally all he's doing he's just going back <laughs> and forth <laughs> flicking the same switches uh yeah maybe he's maybe he's just made a mistake and he's he flicks it and he's like that's oh no no it's the wrong switch then flip 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 maybe that's what's going on um the the structure of this one was uh, a little bit different because this is one of the few doctor stories at least in the earlier days that there was a three companion yeah. shake up um and it's actually the return of so the captain jack last seen in the parting of the ways um to my knowledge in doctor who uh, anyway yeah in doctor who he's he had his whole kind of side thing in torchwood uh, yeah. which is a great show as well we should talk about that at some point um we should actually so he he hasn't been seen by the doctor um for him for jack like in about a hundred years for the doctor who knows how long <laughs> but um, I've, actually, I've actually got a note on that i've actually got a note on uh, how long it's been for the doctor because right okay so this was this was series series one for the Doctor was when he was with Jack when he was Christopher Eccleston series yeah. one, um, and he was he was nine hundred years old. Okay, 
Yep. He was 900 years old. Okay. Um, then at, at this point, he's David Tennant. He's only two years older. He's 902 <laughs> oh, yeah. at this point, okay? He's 902. But the way he talks about it, he talks as if it was like centuries ago. Like there's an actual line, like when Martha and and the doctor land in Cardiff to refuel, um, she asks him about like the earthquake in Cardiff and if that was him. And he was like, oh yeah, that was ages ago, a lifetime. I was... I was a different man back then. Obviously, that's a joke because of like Christopher Eccleston. Yeah. But he's still talking about about the, his experience with Jack as if it was just eons and centuries ago and everything like <laughs> and that. And I'm like, two years. It's been two years, man. And for Jack, for Jack, and especially it's been for someone who is, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and especially for someone who is essentially immortal, that's like the blink of an eye for you. Yeah. What are you doing? That's very true. That is very. <laughs> I never thought about it like that actually. Um. So it, it starts off uh, pretty. Um, pretty pretty fast pace so the do- like you say the doctor and martha land to refuel like there's a rift in uh time and space that runs conveniently underneath every episode of doctor who uh where it's ever <laughs> been filmed which is cardiff um i don't yeah. know if that's a, I mean why not i don't know if that's because there's a bbc headquarters in wales or if it's just because it's there really is, cheap yeah there's um there's a bbc bbc studios is in cardiff and that's where they shoot <laughs> so, that, of, so um, that's where there's a convenient the time uh, rift in time and space <laughs> that runs yeah under um so no they stop there to refuel and jack has a very energetic sequence where he actually jumps onto the tardis as it's dematerializing um and clings on whilst it travels to the end of the universe yeah he's just he's just holding on to the side there he's essentially just hugging the tardis while while it flies through the vortex but it doesn't turn conveniently though it doesn't rotate just so you can see him yeah no you need you need to be able to see him at that point um yeah there's a moment that i really like there because it's 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 the first time the doctor sees him and the doctor sees him on a little screen uh, sees him running. I don't know. I don't know what camera he's tapped into for that. Because uh, he's, he's oh, the ex- has like so many external cameras yeah. just everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a it's a really dynamic close up, uh, brilliantly lit on Jack's face. That uh, isn't blurry at all. So it's it is quite a confusing thing to wrap your head around. But it's the first time. The reason I like it is because when the Doctor sees him. He's about to just straight up leave him again and almost succeeds in doing so. Um, and that is echoed later on in the episode uh, when Jack has to go into the that red room filled with radiation. And it's the kind of the first time them to chat about how they're both now essentially immortal. And the Doctor has, like, for the first time you see, is kind of wary of Jack because now he is kind of referred to as just like a fact of time and space. And he could really have the potential to mess quite a lot of things up and this was when the laws of time were a bit stricter in doctor who <laughs> um <laughs> yeah. than they than they became so the whole the whole things the fixed point in time and space was a bit more heavily leaned on in this season i think um but yeah what what did you think of jack being back in this episode do you think it was necessary uh i'm i'm always more than happy to have J- jack back he's uh, I think for a good reason as well. He's a lot of people's favorite character, uh, not maybe not favorite, but one of the favorite characters in the in the sort of Doctor Who family. People have been like clamoring for him to come back for a while, and like he recently showed up in the most recent season, um, only for a little bit. But like everyone lost their mind, and it was it was great to see him again. Uh, it was great so, to yeah. see. He did absolutely nothing. <laughs> he, he did nothing. He did nothing, but it was still great to to have him back. Um, but yeah, it's 
I, it's absolutely maybe not necessary, but it's definitely uh, fun to have him back. Always welcome, John Barrowman. He's a great actor and just plays that part so well. He just he basically just leaves that role essentially. And yeah, and the scene that you mentioned in the the sort of like radiation room and everything like that—that's probably my favorite scene in this entire episode. Um, just the moment where you kind of get to just take a step back and take a breather from all the intense and weird story that's going on around it and just take a moment uh with these with these two immortal beings essentially and just take a look at uh, how they see things uh yeah it's really good i I really like that scene like i said probably the best scene in the episode yeah i think i think it's i think for most people it's probably because i think it's the only scene that really like you say gives you that breather gives you a moment to actually catch up i think tenant uh is so good at playing tens like desperation and loneliness and kind of he has the tragic side to him and it's often kind of it takes the backseat to a lot of his excitement and how much he because he he comes to this place and essentially it's the human race on their um on their last legs it's the last of the human beings uh they're on some desolate planet at the end of the world um and they essentially have one chance to escape in in a rocket. Uh, in a <laughs> uh, terrible CGI rocket. Yeah, it's very bad. Um, <laughs> it's a product of its time, but even for 2007, it it's pretty shambolic. Um, like I said, it was, pro- it was probably made for 25 quid this entire episode. So, Oh, more than more than likely, yeah. Yeah, um, uh, yeah I think Tennant is so good at playing that kind of sadness, and it's definitely present in that scene. Oh, um, it really is. There's like, there's tenants always good uh, uh portraying just the like that raw emotion of the doctor. Like, there's the moment where um Martha tells him about the watch and then she tells him about Yana's watch, and like he he just can't process it. Like he just the look on his face as he's trying to figure out exactly what that means and if that is a time lord, who it could be, and why would they be here, and and what does that mean if they are someone friendly or if they're not someone friendly? What how is he going to deal with all of this? And he's just trying to process all of those emotions and and thoughts and feelings in a matter of seconds. And it does kind of like short circuit him out. He doesn't really know how to deal with it. And he's great at showing that, I think. I think I think that's one of my favorite moments. Obviously, I'll, I'll move on to the Yana moment in a minute. Um, but there is the Yana moment. Um, yeah. Of, of which there a is moment. a big one. Oh, yeah. boy, is it. Uh, <laughs> um, no, the, the reason I like that, like you say, is because there's a million thoughts going on in his head when she says, oh, he's he's got the watch just like yours. And you see 10 basically go... Oh fuck! Yeah, exactly. Because that could mean something amazing. It could mean that he is not alone. It could mean that he, all of his sadness, could be saved, or it could be, it could be Rassilon, who he's had a very treacherous past with. It could be the master, which it is, and then it's, it could be very good or very bad. Well, the interesting thing is, by this point, and and I'm talking strictly from the revival here, strictly from the revival, because when I watched this, I hadn't watched absolutely zero classic episodes of Doctor Who, didn't know any of the story, had zero idea who the Master was. He was a completely new character um, from this episode for me, okay? So I, I had none of that backstory. So from my perspective, and from the perspective of what I would imagine would be quite a large chunk of the audience as well, um, up until this point, we've only heard of the Time Lords as incredible, you know, better than the best of the best sort of uh, beings, like these 
guardians of the universe who look after time and all of that. And there's like the moment in uh, the beginning of this season where David, uh, where Ten talks to Martha about his people and he finally lets her in on what happened and talks about his planet. And it's just done with such like beauty and almost romance to it, really, that he's talking about his own people and his own kind. So we, we up until this point, we only really have that that kind of romanticized idea of the time Lords, because that's how the doctor has essentially chosen to remember them to, uh, and chosen to show them to us as well. Now we're getting our first sort of glimpses. Oh, that actually might not be the case. The Time Lords quite possibly quite a large uh, race. So it's obvious that there might be some uh, ones there who have ill intentions or they're quite evil, essentially. And that's it's definitely interesting. And it was definitely like a moment that kind of caught you off guard, especially did for me anyway. Yeah, no, I, I, I really liked it. And like you say, there was probably a large chunk of the audience that were thinking another Time Lord is brilliant news for the Doctor. And then and then you really kind of get let in pretty early on um, in a very <laughs> unsubtle sequence. Um, the oh, it's, there is there is uh, I've got a note on there. <laughs> a note on this. I've a, I don't I don't know if Russell T Davies knows what subtlety <laughs> is. Um, uh, yeah, no, definitely not. <laughs> I'll, I'll get I'll get more into that a little okay. later. But there's there's throughout this three parter or two parter and one and a half two and a half parter, there is just some very obvious moments which which we'll get into. Yeah. Well, I, I feel like we can't talk about everything. Uh, uh, everything about this three-part without moving on from Utopia pretty soon. Uh, I well, wanted to touch I did, on... I did just want to quickly mention, while we're just going on uh, Utopia, uh, Derek Jacobi is great. He's, he's, mate, he's, he's over the top and he's camp, but still, he's, he's incredible, okay? And he was wasted. Oh, thank the... you. Yeah, man. They. I would love to see some more of Derry Jacobi as the master because he's like one of the classically trained great British actors. Like he is an incredible actor, and the fact that they got him to do this weird little sci-fi show and just have him kill a bug. It's like, <laughs> yeah. I I know Derek Jacobi from two things. I know him from being the master for five minutes. Yeah, uh, and I know him uh, from being the king that dies in the live-action Cinderella. Um, and in <laughs> okay. both of those things, he unsurprisingly just shines. Like in this, oh, yeah. the moment where he opens the watch and he has the realization that he is this to the master, like this almighty being, leagues of and and millions of kind of levels above these humans that a minute ago he was like so like he was so sympathetic towards um yeah. and it's that moment where chantho realizes something has changed and even she has known him for they say in the episode 17 years and she just yeah. he just kills her straight up kills her and he just with no remorse and you can see on her face that she immediately clocks you're not professor yana what's gone on yeah well she, and it's, she like it's fantastic she pulls out a piece on him. Oh, she does. She's, she, she draws the gat on my man. Um, <laughs> she, she, yeah, she's ready she's, to pull the trigger. Oh, she, she throws down man. Big time. Um, and yeah, like, look, I, I just wish that there was, 
Do you know what? I, I feel like if the regeneration came a little bit later and he had about half an episode into the sound of drums, um, yeah. and then there was a fake out where like the doctor found a way to defeat the master and he just straight up regenerated into the younger John Sim and was like, now I'm even worse. <laughs> uh, yeah. I feel like, I feel like that could have been better because sadly, although I think his purpose is brilliant in this and I understand why the master would immediately regenerate because it's a vanity ego thing. Um, yeah. and he wants to be young and strong, like the new, like David Tennant doctor is. Um, but I feel just, he serves his purpose. Well, I wish I got to see his interpretation of a master. I really do. Um, I'm pretty sure he's, um, I'm pretty sure he's done some big finish stuff. And that he's done some, uh, I think they call him the War Master, I think. And that he's done some, like, sort of audio dramas as the Master. But yeah, I would absolutely love to just, de- like, John Sim is great. I, I can't deny that. He's he's great and he is absolutely insane and he plays that amazingly well. Mm. But there's just something about uh, Derek Jacobi which I really feel like got, like, the the more sinister and, and evil nature of the Master down, which could have been really good to see yeah i think i think sim i think i think derek jacoby did great but to level tenants doctor you need sims master and i've actually written down oh yeah they are the perfect like pair of master and doctor that i think has been on screen i know you'd probably argue for uh 12 and missy uh i do really like 12 and missy i think they have a great dynamic but i wouldn't necessarily disagree with you but 12 and 12 and missy is a is a different dynamic than 10 and and the master though yeah but i've the reason i've said that is because i think 10 and john sims master are very much so like they're both the the right amount of camp cheesy they're both ridiculously expressive and they both yeah. really carry this element of tragic backstory like brilliantly i think it's less it's less um it's more subtle for john sims master but those moments where you kind of realize the horror he went through as a child and why the master is the way he is he he does that brilliantly um but let's let's move on to the sound of drums um because this is a three-parter and so far we've only touched on one third of it uh, where would you like to start with the sound of drums? Because boy, oh boy, is this an episode. <laughs> boy, oh boy, is this an episode. All right. <laughs> um, all right. So here's a note that I have as well. Quite a lot of my notes center around Russell T. Davies. Okay. Oh, no. Oh, um, no. I love I him. Got... Leave him alone, man. <laughs> no. <laughs> I like him too, okay? he's He's done some great work, but... <laughs> oh boy did i have some realizations watching this okay uh, is it is it uh, his rampant sexism well well i'm definitely definitely gonna touch on that <laughs> but first of all let me let me sizzle you with just this first of all russell t davies has absolutely no idea how politics works <laughs> Yeah, it's so true. <laughs> like, you can't just become the prime minister. Okay, that's like, you need to have a party. You need to be the leader of that party. You need to hold the majority of seats <laughs> in parliament. You can't just be, as an individual, you can't just be elected as a as the prime minister. That's not how I, British politics works. I get that, but I, look, I'm going to forgive it because it was... It's aimed at kids, man. Like this yeah, is, it is, and, and, it it, is. and it does. Like it has the kind of the realistic depiction of Downing Street um, with them using the exact same set they used in season one. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> and I, I think there's an element if if you can, like, look, it's not like this whole the whole cabinet gets murdered. Yeah. Right. Almost instantaneously, and then he's just doing broadcast, and then like, he's still got like a whole weekend being the prime minister before the big invasion starts. That people presumably just go. Oh, that cabinet meeting's going on for a long time. <laughs> They've been in there for two there's, days. There's a moment where, like, he's walking into that cabinet meeting and people are just handing him various red files. Um, <laughs> and, and one of them, uh, someone says annual budget, okay? Like, all right. Again, I know it's a kid's show, but the annual budget isn't just something that's just passed on to the Prime Minister willy-nilly. That's set up by the Chancellor. It's something that's done with great, great care and detail and is announced on like a big platform. It's not just handed off willy-nilly. It, it just seems like... I mean, I get it. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It is aimed mainly at kids, and they just want to keep it light and breezy. It's probably because <laughs> lately it's it's hard not to focus on politics lately with everything that's going on, and yeah, and so it, that has been at the forefront of my mind, and maybe that's like a big part of it. But yeah, just watching this, I just realised this just would not happen. <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you something else that wouldn't happen. Oh no! Um, here we go. So the ending of Utopia sees them kind of. Uh, uh, sees the master use the TARDIS and go away, essentially leaving uh, the Doctor, Martha, and Jack stranded. Uh, they use yeah. Jack's vortex manipulator to get back. Uh, and I, I would go as far as to say I think this is possibly one of the worst uses of special effects I've ever seen <laughs> in my life. And it's the opening shot of them kind of materializing into modern day Earth through the time vortex and what they do is they just get a little bit of the time vortex swirling and then they all just fade in yeah <laughs> and it is it is awful it is it's it's there's quite a lot of really bad special effects moments in this but but yeah you're right that that is a pretty bad one so um i've got down here uh, and i wrote down in my, in my notes while was while watching this episode the master is a hundred percent not afraid of being cancelled by the me too movement and that is that is a point I'd like to really drum home uh, for you know if you pardon the pun uh, he is in this in this two parter he is so sexist it's unbelievable that's 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 absolutely right okay um, you're absolutely right but that is I think just the characterization of the master in general. Um, yeah. I think even going back to the classic eras, he's always been someone who just disregarded women and didn't really see them as a threat. And that's especially evident in the most, not the most recent, but um, the what, the episode where John Sim came back and he was interacting with Missy. There's a lot of just rampant sexism from him there as well. Yeah. Um, talking about how he's about to turn into a woman and, and everything like that. I think, I think you're absolutely right. That is, uh, a characterization of him i also think it's a, a a bit of a characterization of russell t davies as well though oh it's a it's a big statement it's a bold statement it it's also very possible that it's a product of its time the world was a lot less conscious of this stuff back oh when. no you're absolutely right yeah you, you the world's a different place than it was like what 13 years ago or whatever yeah and and yeah uh but you still pa- you I pass think- this you pass this script to a producer now you will never work again. It's yeah, bad. Lucy, the character of Lucy, okay, she, what does she do apart from get kissed 
and say yeah, how much and then, she and then loves get beaten him, up. and get beaten up and say how much she loves her murderous psychopathic husband and then shoot him. What what does she do? Uh, <laughs> so she's the character of Lucy is an interesting one for me because she's very much meant to emulate the the other side of how humans can be manipulated when you show them the power and the majesty of time and space in the universe. So yeah. the Doctor travels with companions to show them the beauty of the, the universe, essentially. And the Master, the first place he took her, took Lucy, was to basically say, this is where human beings end up. Your race is inferior. And he... Yeah. he I do feel like... The character of Lucy has some degree of redemption, but sadly there's little else. Uh, she is a bit of a punching bag slash just kind of thing for the master to present. She's an object. She's yeah. literally just, she's an accessory to the master yeah. throughout the entire story, essentially. That's that's really all she does. Earlier, I did say... Um, Russell T. Davies doesn't know what subtlety is. I think that's most evident in how he chose to dress Lucy for the uh, <laughs> yeah. for the for the last of the Time Lords. Oh, in the um, red dress. Yeah, the red dress throughout the entire episode. There's yeah, absolutely no subtlety there whatsoever. Is that, is that what's the it's the of mice and men thing, isn't it? The um, oh who's yeah, the, the, the wife, Curly's, the Curly's wife, or whatever. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the, the the first time you get to see the master being the master when he's not in his kind of post regeneration madness um, is uh, the cabinet meeting, uh, and he has the moment where he he gasses them all, and there's a moment that I just love, and he it's the it's the really like you know let, let's let's say exactly what he is he's a big fat dirty Tory. Um, <laughs> yeah, and he, the, and he, the, like the other guy, the the minister or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, it, and, and he makes a joke, and he says, um, he immediately goes, "Oh yes, it's very, very funny, uh, sir." If we could move on to the matter of policy, and the master just puts a gas mask on. He's like, "Oh, why are you wearing that gas mask?" Or whatever. Um, and he has that moment where every time he has to repeat himself, he takes off the mask. Uh, yeah. even though you can obviously hear what he's saying uh, and then there's that brilliant moment where he doesn't take off the mask and he goes because of the gas and then <laughs> everyone just dies and you've got that Tory going you're insane <laughs> which is yeah which is brilliant <laughs> is it is brilliant I do, um, I do really, I do really like that moment as well. Um, I think what I enjoy most about that scene is the moment after it, when they're all just dead, and he's kind of just like laying across the table, and he's yeah. just tapping out the rhythm, the um, the rhythm of the drums. Who um, is he looking just, at in that scene? That's always bothered. I me. don't know. I don't know to be <laughs> honest. I don't know if he's looking at anyone or if he's just like kind of like staring blankly well, into space or whatever. It's a conscious choice. He is he is eyeballing the le- straight down the lens. <laughs> so I think that's just another let's 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 give it away to a just another cheesy moment. Uh, yeah, it's definitely a cheesy moment, but it's one that I kind of like though. It's one that kind of works. A cheesy moment which definitely does not work for me is um, so there's the moment where they they're in Martha's flat and um they're <laughs> is this watching the bomb? Yeah, <laughs> watching the broadcast of the master, um, and he's he's saying I can't exactly remember what is something what he's saying, but he's saying something that hints towards Martha, every medical student, 
Um, and then the doctor just quickly turns around to Martha, and then they turn around the gigantic TV, the oh, classic so big. Yeah. CRT TV around, and then there is just the most fucking cartoonish stick <laughs> of dynamite that I have ever seen I wrote on the in back my notes, of that TV. I wrote in my notes, the bomb is the most bomby looking bomb I've ever seen in the history of bombs. <laughs> Um, they might as well have just got that from like a fucking warner brothers cartoon that's how ridiculous it is it is very very bad but there's another moment he does that which i think is brilliant so it's not to say that those moments don't work it's it's where you put them and how you you know how subtle you want to be with them there's um, a there's the moment i like when he first kind of starts um when the episode first begins um and He's doing. It's one of Russell T Davies' classic news broadcast information dumps. Oh um, yeah, they will show you it all around the world, and buggy. yeah, and and there's the moment where he goes, um, you know, I'd go so far as to say what this country really needs right now is a doctor, and then you've got the you've got that kind of title sequence, which I do the, think is the, the best of title, title sequence. sequence. Yeah, um, it's definitely a good one. Yeah. So that that was a moment that I really liked, and it, that's that's one of the moments I think did really well. Uh, that kind of lack of subtlety, that that cheesiness is allowed when it's cool, but not when it's a stick of dynamite blowing up a flat. Um, leading on from that though, with the dynamite thing, uh, I really enjoyed Martha in the middle section of this episode because it's the first time you see her really defiant against the Doctor and saying, you know, this is the moment the Doctor has really missed the mark. Um, yeah. And it's the first time we see Martha's family kind of directly in the firing line. And so every time the doctor says, you know, like, stay back or or don't do that, Martha, why are you on the phone? And she just turns around. She's basically like, dude, shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, I'm going to do is, what I want to do. Um, that is definitely, uh, you're absolutely right. That is a great moment. Um, unfortunately, one of the few moments that Martha gets to shine, unfortunately, I, I don't think she's a very well-written character. Um, because I think too much of her story was the fact that she fancied the doctor and he didn't like her back, unfortunately. Um, but that, the, the section in the middle there, like where they, where they get into the car and they go to her parents' house and she basically just screams at him and tells him to shut up because it's his fault. I, I did really like that moment. Yeah. It's like a moment where she gets to stand on her own two feet, really. Um, and if she had more of that throughout the season, um she probably would have uh had a better place in my in my sort of memories and rankings of the companions i guess um i think yeah, i think but... martha is she's no one's favorite she's undeniably good and it's you know it's a great performance but she's just so underutilized in every possible way she could be even even the last of the time lords is her episode essentially she's the one that saves yeah. the day while the doctor's kind of sat in a bird cage um, oh oh and even God. then it becomes if everyone just thinks real hard about the doctor he'll be able to do yeah. it martha's the one that saved that if she just <laughs> came back for a year and did nothing they'd be screwed um, <laughs> but yeah um is there any, any any other moments you wanted to talk on with the um the sound of drums um so with the sound of drums um <laughs> yeah, there's um 
there is the moment where the president um, is talking to the nation and he's, I'm, I'm not going to get too much into the president apart from he's, he's kind of weird, but Oh no, actually that's another thing. And another thing ha- about how Russell T Davies no has no idea how p- politics work. Um, the president calls himself the president elect, which means that he's not even the president yet. Like he is like, say if by some miracle, Joe Biden wins the election in November from November to January, he will be the president-elect, but Donald Trump will still be president. So he's he's not even the president. He's not even in charge. Why is he doing this? That makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, it's, I feel like the episode is a little bit... They, they try to pretend they really get it with the whole, like, you know, first contact, uh, contact can't be on any, like, soil. It needs to be up in the air um, yeah. or overseas. Um, kind of in, like, the no-man's-land region, essentially. Um, yeah but then yeah you're absolutely right they've got like they've got the way that like these people just they just don't talk to each other in this way like he has the line like since uh since was it since britain elected an ass yes and it's just like <laughs> no you come on that's not it's how you line. do it it's no, a good it's a line, great line. i love it I, li- I like it when he walks away and the master goes the last president of the united states <laughs> that is a good line um there's, i've got um, a few oh, a- go on I was yeah, I was gonna say before I got sidetracked into that. Yeah, like when the president is talking to the nation and he's and they're about to do the first contact, it's showing you like scenes from what I'm assuming is around the world. Like there's people in the car in the cafe watching it on the TV, um, and then there's this one which they occasionally sprinkle in, which I'm assuming is supposed to be some kind of dorm room in America because they have given these people every single American stereotype that you could possibly think of like the guys there wearing a leatherman jacket there's just like a route 66 sign on the wall for some reason Uh, there's another guy in like an oversized football jersey drinking a budweiser they have just gone wall to wall with every it's like if you walk into like a tgi fridays or something like that and (laughs) (laughs) that's what it was like yeah no that that um they they do that a lot like uh, you'll also notice that like whenever they cut to a calf there's no like old people in the cafe it's always like builders in the cafe like, <laughs> it's 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 exactly what you'd expect in that location always yeah um, another thing uh, i wanted to say a few things just before we move on from this episode um so there's the moment uh, where the journalist screams that was way over the top and i hated it <laughs> um, but she screamed for so long as well was, because he kept like, opening the door yeah and it, you have to assume it was going on. She wasn't just waiting for the door to open. And every time they did, it got higher pitched. Yeah. I was like, what is this about? Awful. <laughs> I can only assume that the Toclavane are just dissecting her or something. <laughs> like, um, one of the moments I really liked was the uh, the the key. The, was it the perception filter key. Um, yeah. It's one of the instances where I feel like the filmmaking element of this episode was actually really interesting. The whole, like... When you look at the doctor, you you kind of the camera turned to the side, and it he was like, no over here, and then it pulled back. Yeah. Um, I really like that. I thought Doctor Who misses out on a few of those things because it's so so many crash zooms. There's so many like close ups, Ex- extreme close ups, which yeah. we'll get into. And I feel like they just I, I really like that. And although it was a one shot, I, I just I thought it was a cool inclusion. I I, I quite liked it. Um, no, yeah, that, you're right. That was a cool little moment. Um, quite good. I enjoyed that too. Okay. 
Right, let's let's move on to last of the time, lords. This I think this is where you've you've sunk your teeth in and you've got a lot to say, right? Last of the time, lords is boy is in an episode. It's um, <laughs> it just makes no sense. The whole thing. It's just <laughs> really. This is like one of those moments of like peak rtd doctor who for me this and and i don't and i don't want to skip ahead too much but i don't think it it's any more as absurd as when the doctor is somehow flying in (laughs) the the valiant uh well first of all he's a weird fleshy cgr yoda um and then his cage just entirely dissolves because of love and thought or some reason and then he just floats and changes back into the old man first of all so you know he's going backwards and then he changes back into david tennant young and fresh and then he's just flying and he's got these weird kind of force powers that he can use and he can <laughs> he can like move things with his mind now for some reason and he's just can i just uh, give you this quote because i wrote it down um and i feel like i feel like it could be quite fun to dissect this um so the concept for those who haven't seen the episode or haven't watched in a long time is that the the master is controlling the earth um through 15 satellites that's kind of distributed on a as like a mobile phone network essentially Um, the archangel network the archangel network and um (laughs) and doing this kind of enforces a drum beat of that four beats that the master keeps saying you know the drums the never-ending drums um and what it does is it keeps the world thinking about harold saxon and then later on kind of reinforces the fear that the universe holds or the world the earth uh, holds for him um and kind of just keeps it in place so there's not really many uprisings or anything like that it just kind of keeps everyone in check um yeah so the idea here is that martha goes around the world uh as spreading the name of the doctor and when the doctor thinks uh, when everyone in the world uses the same countdown um <laughs> to think of the doctor's name um also it's not the doctor's name <laughs> it's just the it's doctor it's not yeah it's um, an alias <laughs> yeah uh <laughs> And then the doctor, the master kind of has this moment where he goes, oh, no, that makes sense. Right. Satellites. I don't understand the technology behind them, but I can appreciate that it is at least, in fact, made of technology. You know, (laughs) zeros and ones that theoretically, when put together in the correct order, mean things work. And the doctor says, and Nathan, I feel like you're going to enjoy this. um, I've had a whole year to tune myself into the psychic network and integrate with its matrices. <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> I don't know. It makes and no I don't sense. think and I don't think Russell T Davies does either. I think this is just that classic Doctor Who thing of choosing a few different words that kind of sound sciency and just going <laughs> yeah. with it. Cuz like there's that classic joke of uh, reverse the polarity of the neutron flow means absolutely fuck all there's no logical reasoning behind that phrase whatsoever but it's something that comes up in doctor who all the time like it's always it's been there since like the fucking 60s or whatever it just always comes up and i think that's just what this that this is like um was it like tune himself into the matrixes or something was it uh the psychic network and integrate with its matrices 
Yeah, I think he's just gone, oh yeah, that sounds kind of technical. Yeah, let's yeah. go for that, that works. I, yeah. I was typing it in and Matrices um, auto-corrected itself to Mattress. Um, <laughs> and I honestly feel like the, you, he could have let that go in the script and it just would have been like, oh, okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> so like I said, it's based off of technology. How this then results in it, in it reversing alien technology for aging um, is able to kind of transmit a blue light around the doctor i mean you could you could argue that it's that it's as that is a psychic network and there is some kind of level of psychic connection to it but it's already established in the prior episode that the way the psychic connection works is just a a low level 4b signal inside your phone and that's it. It's not exactly like transmitting brain waves or anything like that. It's not exactly thought powered well, or anything. I, I thought to myself about this. Uh, if that, if the case is that everyone, when everyone thinks of the same thing, it kind of takes on this superpower godlike abilities. Wasn't the whole purpose of the psychic network to get everyone thinking about Harold Saxon? So surely, when he was elected, he kind of should have just theoretically started glowing and flying I, but, I, mean, well, I don't know maybe maybe that was his mistake maybe because he didn't get everyone on earth to think of him at once because nah, it has to be all at once then yeah. then maybe that's why also that makes no sense either she was traveling the world for like a year if some random girl came up to you and said hey look in 10 months time okay i need you to be at this place at this time and i just need you to think the word doctor or just even say it just say the word doctor all right cool anyway bye i'd, I'd forget man that's 10 months of <laughs> yes yeah, there's no way i'm remembering that what are you doing <laughs> also um the time zones work in factor into this do they have to wake uh, up at like 5 a.m to, probably to, to do it i just go to bed man i ain't got time yeah. for that yeah exactly i like you like you set your reminder you wake up your alarm doesn't go off you thought oh that one person in the world didn't do it now we're bollocks uh, i have another row on this episode here soldiers whose side are they on because those guys are going back and forth like it's <laughs> whoever's got the biggest stick at that point yeah, I think it is. Really, literally like those guys okay they have been enforcing the master's rule for the past year they have been clearly doing some terrible and evil things but then at the end of the episode they're all just like yay and working with the doctor and jack and just having a good time we've been like <laughs> all right are we just gonna ignore all the war crimes and atrocities that you have committed over the they've, past year <laughs> they've killed in the same episode the same group of uh, soldiers shot jack yeah exactly like they flat out executed him exactly and now here they are going to destroy the tardis paradox and and cuff the master because conveniently they're just on the doctor's side now for some reason i i had a bit of a uh, a bit of a, an issue with the concept of martha traveling the entire world in one year when there's heavy yeah. travel restrictions in place. You see her at the beginning kind of get off this boat. A very rickety boat as well, like yeah. a very small am wooden I, Am boat. I supposed to believe she's crossed, like, <laughs> oceans in this thing? <laughs> I, I, think it, I think it would be believable from France, maybe, because that's a relatively short distance. Yeah. But anywhere else, and you are 100% dead. She's she's on a tight deadline as well because she's let's say she does go to every country in the world as as is said in the story. 
she's got what maximum six hours in each and that's and that's yeah. not including sleeping <laughs> yeah her, her time would be extremely limited if she's got to travel the whole world um and yeah there's no planes to get around she's even she's even bloody uh kind of amazed that this bloke is driving a car at one point as well so <laughs> yeah. clearly she's not getting about in a car either <laughs> so. she's, she's i feel like martha has she's got the boat and if she if there's no water she's just dragging the boat <laughs> that's what that's what's going on with it um yeah it doesn't really make any sense so but. we 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 jumped ahead a little bit to the to the ending i wanted to go uh, back to the beginning um I'm going to make a quick point of saying there's no point putting Jack in chains if he's proven on multiple occasions he can just break those chains. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're absolutely right, but <laughs> there's no Doctor logic Who. to this episode, though. Yeah, Doctor no, Who. <laughs> there's not. I, I want to say that I feel like we're we, we're going into this, and it's it's a bit against the kind of uh, <laughs> like kind of idea of the pod. I love this episode with all of my heart. I think it's brilliant. But uh, it's very I fun to take the piss out of this. I I used to love this episode, but I just think, <laughs> but looking back on it now, it just it does not hold up for me at all. Um, there's a few like older Doctor Who stories which are like that. Um, another one of them being the End of Time Part One and Two. Um, oh, again, just it. peak RTD, man. Just peak RTD. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Um, so when this episode picks up, there's been a year because yeah, obviously Martha's had to travel, and she's in like the last like two days of her year of traveling. Um, yeah, before she has to make it back to the Valiant. Uh, with so a year's passed. Um, Master comes in and he's playing the, the Scissor Sisters, and it's great. I lo- I really like that sequence. However. I do too. What has everyone been doing for 365 days? <laughs> well, the Jones families are like maids now or something. Yeah, um, I guess so. <laughs> um, Lucy has put in hair extensions and got a new dress. Um, the master has hired some masseuses, which he now uses to taunt Lucy, clearly. Um, uh, Martha has been walking across the earth apparently the doctor's been doing fuck all absolutely nothing sat on his ass this is this is where i wanted to touch on your comment about lucy and the sound of drums um the only indication that anything more than a weekend has passed is the relationship between the drastic difference in the relationship between the master and lucy because the sound of drums she was very much so swept away by the whole i can essentially rule the universe with this man just because he chose me and thought i was special um whereas in this one she she's kind of realized that she's just kind of eased into the role of a vicious murderous dictator uh, and you can see her really resent the master for it uh, for like what she's become under his guidance um and obviously like while I think the bruising is a little bit too heavy handed and it kind of bodes a darker secret of what the master's doing. What did you think about the, the bruising? Um, yeah, there's again, it just, it goes down to that fact. And I don't want to keep driving, beating this dead horse here, but it just, to me, it just, it's a pattern that Russell T Davies really does not know how to write for women for female characters at all. Okay. 
I might get some flack for saying this, but Rose is my least favorite companion. Oh, she is a terrible character. Oh, the way she treats Mickey. Oh my God. Yeah. She she just casts him to the side, okay? She and that is a man who like who sticks up for Rose, who is always there for her, who always does what he can. And he doesn't have much to offer, bless him. He's a mechanic, they're clearly from a very working class background, but he will give everything he have everything he has for Rose, and she just tosses him to the side and treats him like dirt. Rose, Rose, okay. Rose evolves, though. Like she, The Rose at the end of season four is not the Rose at the start of season one. Like There's a distinct difference in those characters, and I feel there like Tennant brings out the better side of Rose, whereas Eccleston is a very much so, oh, forget him, he's a loser. Because he always had that resentment towards Mickey, didn't he, in season one? He, he did, yeah, he did. Actually, there was a few moments where they got on quite well, which I quite enjoyed. Um, but yeah, for the most part, there was always like a kind of a sort of bickering back and forth. And I think that that is just one of because in like class in classic who, and again, I really haven't seen much of classic who, but from what I can gather, the sort of like the romance of it all was never really a part of it. That's very much like a product of bringing it into the 21st century. Like there was never this idea of relationships between the doctor and the companions. As far as I can tell anyway, I may be completely wrong there, but from what I've seen and from what I can tell, that wasn't really a part of it. No, I don't think it ever was. Right. Right from the beginning though. And it's clearly like a big part of the, of the, of the show going forward. Um, and it, and it, just, it seems like all of Russell T. Davies' female characters, with one notable exception, uh, have just their entire personality and character centered around this one person who is a man. In Lucy's case, it's the master. For Martha and Rose, it's the doctor. Mm. And and I just think they're they're lesser because of that. The notable exception, obviously, being Donna. Um, yeah, she was probably one of my favorite companions and, and very well written. And I think a big part of that was because she didn't have that relationship and dynamic with the doctor. She had absolutely no interest in getting romantically involved with him, something which she made very clear many times, which was great and hilarious. Um, and I, I, th- I think of, because of that, they got to have this... Um, like there's the moment where Agatha Christie assumes that they're like husband and wife and they get to have those yeah. fun moments where like, whereas if that was a moment with Martha, um, it, the camera yeah. would have panned round and Agatha Christie would have said something like, Oh, let me guess. He doesn't even know you exist or something like that. And it just would have been a bit <laughs> naff. Like, yeah, it really would have. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're absolutely right. Um, and, and I, and I just think that is one of like the big, downfalls of the Russell T Davies era but that being said though I'm a complete hypocrite because I think that that is also present in the Moffat era as well not to the extent that it is in Russell T Davies I think it started that way with Amy and the Doctor but they very quickly dropped that and they very quickly decided that no we're not going down this route it's more of a a family dynamic instead and which which I think actually works very well that that sort of TARDIS team there's a very hands-on scene with Amy and the and the Doctor there is and I I hate that scene so much it's horrible it also is it really is 
it's it's bordering on the fact that it's like this is this is still for kids yeah and as well she was like what 12 like five minutes ago yeah Why? Uh, yeah, yeah i don't like that scene good. but though Stephen moffat is himself is that he really regrets putting that scene in if if he could go back he would take that out um but i think that's a product of the fact that that story just evolved and that they decided no we don't want to do this it's like i said it's it's a family it's you know it's rory it's river the doctor and amy uh that weird dysfunctional family dynamic which i think works really well um but then again with clara and the doctor there was clearly a sort of romantic element which i really enjoyed some people didn't but i actually did enjoy that romantic element there I, i i will share my opinions of clara in another who related pod because I oh, no. I think Clara is not only the worst character in Doctor Who, oh, I think no. she's the worst character ever put a screen in Doctor Who, and I'm including all the Russell what? T Davies extras in that. She's my favourite companion. Nah, disagree. Um, we've gone a little bit off topic. Well, you can't disagree with my opinion. I do, and I, I'm gonna, so you just got to deal with that. <laughs> um, what are your thoughts on this three-parter as a whole, or if there's anything you want to touch on in the last of Time Lords before we sign off? Um, hate the face of Bo. Hate it. Can't stand it. No. <laughs> no I like don't. it. I don't makes, mind it. Makes no sense. Why, why does he grow into a big head? Maybe someone decapitates him and he still can't die. Oh, no, but then saying that, in Torchwood, they blow up his whole body and then he's fine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. But then why does he, like, grow into some big alien gigantic head? Also, why does he die, I guess? Yeah, why does he die? Yeah. Know, gets bored. Gets bored, yeah, has enough. Knackered, mate. It's a big old head at the end of the world. Yeah, that's that's something I don't like, but it is what it is. <laughs> um, what else as well? Um, weird CGI doctor baby thing. Um, it's just such a bizarre choice. Like, I've got a question for you about that CGI baby doctor. Yeah. Someone's um, made him a little pinstripe baby doctor who suit. Because he's wearing <laughs> a little suit, isn't he? But then when he starts, like, unregenerating, I guess, or glowing back into blue David Tennant, he just grows the suit again. Yeah. Like, it just comes back to him somehow, but, all right, psychic network, when, I guess. Theoretically, the, la- the, next, the last time Doctor Who kind of materialised the Doctor in the season four finale, he was naked. Um, yeah, he was, yeah, but... Maybe they weren't we ready for that. Maybe they weren't ready for Tennant's <laughs> hairy chest yet. Maybe not. Maybe not. Um, Look, as a, as a whole, um, I think this three-parter is, one, a product of its time. Two, heavily relies on nostalgia for viewer enjoyment. Uh, and three, it, it's just meant to be fun. Like, it's, I love it because it's, it's just a fun, silly story. Um, and, yeah, oh, one thing I wanted to say as well is the, um, when... Uh, when John Sim dies, I don't know what happened with the direction of that, because David Tennant is giving his absolute A game, and John Sim just kind of does a little squint and dies. So um, here's a note I have. Uh, I'll just read this verbatim. When I first saw when I uh, when I first saw it when it first aired back in 2007, the death scene actually made me quite emotional. I remember crying a lot, uh, crying a lot. However, this time I felt absolutely nothing. And I think that was um, the weird choice to shoot the entire scene in an extreme close-up on John Sim's face and then just have him widen his eyes, squint and die. Weird choice. 
It is an odd choice, but I, th- I think David Tennant's performance rescues it. Oh, David Tennant carries that scene. Yeah, he really does. Um, that's what I'll say. You know, David Tennant, he is great. He's not my favourite Doctor. Uh, that being said, I can see why he is the favourite of a lot of people. He absolutely is an incredible actor, and you can see that he embodies that role really well. It's something that he absolutely loves. There is a lot of what I would consider bad or cheesy episodes that he is the saving grace of them um, because yeah. he just gets some he gets some emo- moments to really showcase his talent and really and and you get to see what he can really do and he really convinces you of of his tragic past and that he doesn't want to be alone even though this is an insane maniac who was just killed what a third of the population or whatever remove one tenth of the population (laughs) exactly and he's done some terrible terrible things and he's betrayed him over and over again he still wants he still wants him to be there he still doesn't want to be the last of his kind which now we know he isn't um and well he is now or is is he she i don't i can't keep up it's too confusing it's It's way too too confusing confusing. now yeah i think i think she is but she's also like the first of her kind now as well or something i don't know um but yeah it's that i think this is really what kicked off um the whole dynamic of the doctor and the master for me for me obviously because i know it does go back to the classic era and everything like that but again that's not something i'm familiar with um and going forward even though some of the episodes end of time part one and two are not that great you still do get those amazing moments between the doctor and the master um as cheesy as it is the the get out of the way moment from the the uh, end of time is a great moment as well um and then there's the whole dynamic between missy and 12 which i absolutely love and that all of that was kicked off right from here for me anyway um and and yeah it may not be for me the best storyline it may have elements that let it down you're absolutely right it is a product of its time but i can definitely appreciate it because it it gave me the start the foundations of that relationship which i've really grown to to love and enjoy so yeah i'll give it i'll give it credit for that that's fair enough for me because i think you know what time it is now for me chico time it's chico time (laughs) you're absolutely right um no for for me i think this is uh a fun nostalgic pod (laughs) (laughs) okay all right yeah uh for me this is a unenthused pod oh nathan it was, it was it was kind of fun to go back and watch it but more often than not i was just left dumbfounded and and kind of shocked at some of the the uh the moments on screen let's say okay. the choices as well yeah. Join us next week. Uh, join us next week for will Nathan enjoy anything on another <laughs> I enjoy Doctor Who. It's one of my favourite. It's probably my favourite show. No, I know. I know. <laughs> I've spoken about the wrong era with you. I think you you get passionate about yeah. the later side of it. Um, I, I would. I would actually quite like to do um, the Peter Capaldi's last story arc, that three parter, which could be quite good. To be honest, we'll book it in. We'll book it in, mate. We'll book it in. <laughs> we'll book it in. <laughs> 
There okay. We go. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening. Uh, this has been a bit of a messy episode, uh, but we were talking about three things. Uh, so, probably a bit of a longer one too, right? Yeah, it's probably going to be a longer one than usual. Um, hope you enjoyed it. I would say go and watch it and make your own mind up. Uh, it's one of them things where spoilers really don't factor into this. There's there's no big twists. <laughs> if you if you haven't watched Doctor Who and somehow you managed to get this far into the podcast, uh, first of all, thank you because what the fuck is wrong with you? Um, but also, I, I would definitely recommend you watch it. Go back. Uh, it's all on Netflix. Go back to season one um of of the revival anyway and watch it there is absolutely some episodes and some moments which really don't hold up by today's standards that being said you will still have fun and there is some really great emotional and and character driven storylines along the way so yeah i would i would absolutely recommend it despite what i've said today <laughs> okay um thanks nathan i will i'll go back and watch them all thanks for telling me that Um, no problem thank you very much for listening Uh, we'll see you on Sunday see you Sunday bye bye another happy pod hey nice another happy pod Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.